0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business and Barbell Talk podcast. This week, we as as we have lately, we have a friend of the podcast, uh, Corey Chapman, on. But our guests are Jeb Smith and Patrick Stanley. They are in town from West Virginia. Um, cool perspective this week. Uh, Jeb is a, a coach. He's helped start several gyms. He's a he's been to u. He was a USA weightlifting coach, CrossFit Level One, CrossFit L two. Uh, back when I was a coach's prep course, he interned with the CrossFit Level 1 seminar staff. He attended the uh, CrossFit gymnastics course, a number of other certs too that he goes over. He has a long history of Olympic weightlifting and coaching, and he uh, works in f- as a physical therapy assistant. One of the best in the game for sure. Patrick Stanley, uh, it's interesting to have that perspective on today. He is just a regular dude training, um, friend from back home, and it was nice to sort of have somebody in the space with us recording this podcast that we could see some outside perspective looking in what people see as coaches, what what uh, what necessarily someone that just trains to be healthy and doesn't have to worry about program design and isn't responsible for anybody else's programming, how they view the process of coaching, programming, and the differences they can see even just from that uh, outside point of view. So anyway, we go down a number of rabbit holes. This is one of the longer podcasts we do. I think it comes in right around an hour and six minutes, um, so... Go in to turn on if you got a drive ahead of you, or if you're just hanging out at home on a Sunday night making some dinner. Um, or any day of the week, really. Every day ends in Y. So listen to a podcast on a day that ends in a Y. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy the show. We had a ball with it. It was a lot of fun. Um, Josh, unfortunately, couldn't join us this week, so you hear my voice a lot. Um, hope you enjoy the episode. As always, let your cats, dogs, animals, kids, if you even like having them, um, listen to the episode. Don't let them miss out on the gains train. And uh, please subscribe, like, and share. We, as always, are trying to push our online platform now. S3 Athletics on Train Heroic is your one-stop shop for a wide variety of programming needs nowadays. Everything from just trying to get big, strong, and powerful to trying to get ready for a competition to being a first responder or an athlete with minimal equipment. We have you covered. And if we don't, shoot us a message. We'd be more than happy to help. Anyway, that's it. That's a long intro. Ready to stop talking. Hope you enjoy the episode. Here it is. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Business and Barbell Talk Podcast. This is episode eighteen. I think it would be episode ten of the shutdown. I'm not sure though. I lost eleven. Was, was it? it ten last week? Oh man. Okay. Um. Thank God, Corey's here. <laughs> but
1: we uh, been many a fortnight.
0: Yeah, that we get to <laughs> we get to reopen on uh, on Monday. So that's pretty cool. Uh, today we have, uh, as always, friend of the podcast Corey Chapman's here. We have arch ne- nemesis of the podcast Patrick Stanley, and uh, my personal enemy in life and we have uh jeb smith so happy to be here yes (laughs)
1: um long time listener first time caller
0: (laughs) just hanging out
1: really happy to be here
0: (laughs) so uh i think honestly so uh, i know we're going to go over a couple things we got a couple topics about programming um jeb about your background in olympic lifting uh some of our recommendations for exercise selection uh, along that um and then we'll always try always try to end with a little go around the group thing real quick because those tend to be pretty fun um but yeah let's just dive right into it so jeb go ahead tell us about yourself what is your background with coaching your athletic background what what brought you to this point in in may in winchester kentucky
1: there i was uh no (laughs) i grew up always playing sports being active you know we didn't have playstations xboxes shit like that so you got thrown outside and Told to uh, go do something and don't come back inside till lunchtime. Doors usually got locked behind you, but um, played sports all growing up. My dad played uh, division one football. um, So he was obviously encouraged us to play sports, played football, basketball, and uh, ran track growing up. Uh, What was that? Ran track. Mm. I was actually a, <laughs> I was actually a fun fact. I was an all-state high jumper my what? senior year. <laughs> yeah. I have the pictures to prove it somewhere. For those um,
0: listening and not watching, Jeb's a very large human. Yeah. He's I was very stout. 6'4,
1: <laughs>
2: not what you would imagine yeah. a high jumper <laughs> no. to look like. I was 6'4, uh,
1: 180, 190 when I graduated high school, I'm about 6'4 315 to 320 now. So, <laughs> I've doubled almost in mass since then. But, um, That's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, I uh, went to college, uh, had a couple offers to play football, and they told me that uh, practice started at 5 a.m. And I said, absolutely not. I'm <laughs> not doing that. I wasn't good enough for that. Um, and then just started working out in college. Uh, a buddy of mine who owns a CrossFit gym up in Morgantown got me into CrossFit when I was, let's see, 2007. Um, did that for a couple of years, got my level one, started coaching at CrossFit West Virginia and then helped open up CrossFit Thunder in 2009. Coached there from 2009 to 2012. Went back to school and got my degree as a physical therapist assistant. Um, In that time, decided that being a competitive CrossFitter was never gonna be in the wheelhouse for me, but I really enjoyed Olympic lifting. So I was a competitive Olympic weightlifter for five or six years, Um, made it to national meets. I was never anything special. I was always strong enough to win the local meets, but never strong enough to win the big ones. Um, And then my wife and I moved back from Louisville. We moved there when I graduated from school, moved back, got back into CrossFit type training, and then realized that at 320 pounds, uh, pull-ups are not something you should do on a regular basis with a kipping motion. And that uh, running was as stupid as I had always thought it was, uh, you know especially when you're that big. So I got into more, um, I guess we'd call it strength and conditioning. You know, not just straight weightlifting, but not just straight conditioning. So I did that, and then been doing that for about two years now, just having fun with it. I've had two shoulder surgeries. So my days of uh, Olympic weightlifting are probably over, Mm -hmm. other than just having fun and, you know, doing stuff for mobility and power output. But... Yeah,
0: and it's a boring question, but what were some of like the certifications that you had or that you have?
1: Okay, uh, CrossFit Level One, CrossFit Coaches Prep Course, which I guess is now the Level Two. I don't, yeah, I think it changed to that. Um, CrossFit Weightlifting, USAW Level One, CrossFit Gymnastics. I took that twice. That was a lot of fun, and then. I actually interned as a level one seminar staff member for about three go arounds and it just didn't pan out, but it was a lot of fun. Learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. Met some pretty cool people doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, there were ones I wanted to get, but there was never anything that I was just like, man, I need to have that. Yeah. You know, it's just nothing ever really jumped out at me. Um, other than those, just because I was coaching CrossFit at the time and yeah, needed to kind of have those certifications to
0: and that's still a pretty that's a pretty yeah. good spread that's more than you find with a lot of like to people that just are coaching locally right like and then are not kind of reaching out yeah. across a wide like a wider breadth of uh of like clientele that's a that's a good spread right there
1: the only other one i wish i would have done that i didn't was the kettlebell cert. i've
0: heard good i've heard that one because cool. I've, I've heard that that,
1: really that cool. dude is just some dude from new york who doesn't give a shit and <laughs> tells it like it is and if you screw it up he lets you know immediately it just seems like a fun course to do yeah to kind of learn what someone who's taught kettlebells feel kettlebells like practice should look like
0: yeah yeah um, so something you said kind of can I think at least be a good lead into it. our our first topic was you talked about so like you were always strong enough to be to win like locally but yeah. not like nationally mm-hmm. so uh, my question was going to be like what are some of the, like what do you think the separating factor there was like, like between you and them
1: A lot of it was time under tension. You know, a lot of the guys especially like the national meets those guys have been Olympic weightlifting since they were 10 12 years old. Yes, yeah. exposure. You know, exposure. Yeah. I mean they they've been snatching, clean and jerking, you know, heavy volume squatting, heavy volume pulling for a decade before yeah. they got to that point. Um, and I was always strong mm-hmm. but the other thing is always really weird. My weight class, it's just a bunch of these big, fucking barrel-chested dudes that can just sit a bar across their shoulders. And I was not that guy. Yeah. Like I just, I my frame was not built to handle heavy loads on the shoulders like that. My my snatch was always good. My clean and jerk was all like, I was one of the the last two to snatch and one of the first two to clean and jerk every single time. Yeah, my clean was always solid, but my I never had the overhead strength for the jerk. And I think a lot of that one is body type, like those dudes were just built to be bigger, stronger, burlier guys, especially overhead. Um, But nothing was just time. I mean, I came into it with some experience with CrossFit, you know, having snatched, having clean and jerked, Mm. and then having been strong enough to perform them better than other people. Um, I was also athletic enough. Like, That's what I was gonna say. You're a natural. Yeah, athlete. I was. I was <laughs> athletic enough to to do things that other people who weren't necessarily like they would have had to work a lot harder to get the technique down. And the yeah. technique to me came relatively fast. Yeah. Compared to other people, but you know, it kind of. I mean, I think when I first started competitive weightlifting, my heaviest snatch was 265 pounds, and when I quit competing, my heaviest was 355 clean and jerk was 360 and my heaviest in competition was like 385. yeah, yeah there's, so there's a big it was discrepancy a huge a gap huge gap and i mean it was just one of those things i just never you couldn't make up that great i could experience. i just couldn't do it like then yeah. a lot of it was a mental game like yeah. once that bar felt heavy on my shoulders that was it it was over i was i was not going to do well with the jerk um but the clean always felt easy i never really had much okay. problem with the clean but, yeah it was Like it's time under tension, having been taught, you know, some of those guys that I went up against had been, you know, their dads were Olympians and their dads had coached Olympians and they'd had a bar in their hands since they were 10. And I was just some dude who had uh, snatched in a CrossFit gym one time and wasn't absolutely terrible at it.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, and I think that's, that's a, that's a thing, especially because I'm you helped me a lot with my Olympic lifting. And that was a thing I found very strange about when I started was cleans i was super comfortable with especially power cleans jerks for some reason psyched me out mm-hmm. but if you asked me to snatch 20 pounds more than my pr i would go up and pull it with all my money <laughs> and, like i did, I just didn't give a shit yeah. i don't know what, like the idea of just of snatching it for some reason didn't bother me as much i've n- i don't know if that was
2: your experience with it Corey. i've but. never had any fear with the snatch like yeah. mainly because the yeah. weight to me that i was going to be able to snatch wasn't ever anything that i respected to be like oh that'll hurt me I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a, I mean, you know, you go from a 600 pound deadlift to a 200 pound snatch. There's not a lot of fear there. Yeah, like no, to be honest, yeah. like what's the worst that happens? I throw it over my head, step through it, mm-hmm. or some. Like the fear never was there. Whereas a clean, it's going to be closer to fifty, sixty yeah. percent, and I've got to receive it yeah. and take it in the hole. Like I can break my wrist. Mm-hmm. I could. you know, there's just a lot more things in the clean that can go wrong. I never feared the yeah. snatch because I knew the weight, uh, the risk to weight really didn't seem like much to me for yeah whatever yeah. reason didn't seem that high
0: right mm-hmm. um and this is a question for the group like it's our first one so what do you guys think about because you were talking about like you're going up against people that have just more time under tension mm-hmm. right and that that to me it always strikes me as like that is someone setting them up to be competitive for a lot a lot of time mm-hmm. right if someone's if someone's planning to try to be like a like a professional athlete right they're gonna start like they try to the best time is probably when they're young mm-hmm. just like Start implementing those movement patterns and like just get them aware of their body. Like build some base level of strength and some like some very simple like an base. But then like how do you compare? How would you compare that to like GPP? So do you think do you think it was all that like they started younger, or do you think it was that you were also balancing all these other things with it and maybe they had more time to balance it?
1: I think part part of it starting younger. Part of it is. Yes and no, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah fine. No. It, it's fine. one of those, like, part of it... Shit. <laughs> part of it's they start younger. Part of it is, I mean, when you start snatching when you're 10 years old... Yes. Um, you've got a lot of time to screw up and figure out how to fix it. And when you've done it thousands and thousands and thousands of times, being the slightest bit off, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't till I was almost five years into it that, you know, even being athletic and knowing how to move my body that I could be like, oh, I was in my heels too much, or oh, I got into my toes too fast. I'm like, So I'm at the end of my, you know, quote-unquote career, as far as an Olympic weightlifter goes. Mm-hmm. Just
2: starting um, to figure it out. <laughs> just starting to figure out what
1: these guys have known since they were 15 years old, you know. Um, so I think, I think a lot of it is just repetition, and just repetition, repetition, and, you know, especially with those movements, like, they're very specialized movements. Like, they're... Yes, you can teach someone to power snatch, and yes, you can teach someone to power clean for football or soccer or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to get them to learn power output for, but to take somebody and be like, hey, you're 150 pounds, and you're going to pull 300 pounds over top of your head in one movement, there's far less room for error there. Yeah. Whereas if I take a high school freshman, I can put a bar in his hands, and without, with minimal coaching, I can get him to put it over top of his head relatively quickly, with very minimal risk for injury because i'm never going to go heavy with him like he's never gonna you know he's never gonna snatch 400 pounds you know he may get into the 200s make it even to the 300s just being strong Mm -hmm. but like the the relative risk for injury is still pretty low as far as he's concerned so like i said for me them just knowing this is what i screwed up this is how i screwed it up you know it's a lot easier than me being looking at my coach being like, Hey, what, what did I do? Yeah. You know? And for the last probably two years that I competed, I was filming stuff, sending it to my coach. Yeah. So it may be an hour before I get an answer back. And then the training session's already over and, you and uh, it's, try yeah, and yeah. I have that you know, note yeah. for the next yeah. time in
2: three mm-hmm. or four days. when you Exactly. And he's and like,
1: it. Hey, do this next time. I'm like, okay, cool.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. So yeah. I mean, part of it is I was still trying to figure out my technique and my, my way of doing it, and they had already done that yes. now it was just about building strength, like especially with those movements you see a lot of younger you know younger athletes they don 't load them up heavy mm-hmm. it 's all technique it 's all technique it 's all technique, and then once they get into those stages where they 're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old, and they 've got some time under tension and they 've got some muscle mass built up, you know now they can start putting weight on the bar, yeah you know because you know uh the risk for injury yes increases but they've been doing it for so long that that risk is minimized mm-hmm. just because they've done it so much yeah. it's Their like efficiency exactly yeah. like, they're, like when you back squat yeah, teaching a kid to back squat it looks like a monkey humping a football but you get that kid to back squat three times two times a week from the time they're in eighth grade to the time they're a senior you don't have to worry about his technique by the time he's a senior you know it, little stuff yeah hey you know more in your you know heels down more or big chest like you're not trying to fix nine different things at once it's just much much smaller so for them
0: and it might just be that they're like they're just in a hurry exactly yeah they're They're like they've had they've had a long day they've had a bad day they're just not thinking about hey brace tighter like they're They're just not not thinking about it
2: the thing about it is when you're talking about youth athletes in particular they're not thinking about anything other than (laughs) doing yeah just yeah (laughs) yeah whereas when you're talking about somebody that does it for the sport Mm -hmm. you're thinking about the intricacies Mm -hmm. the mechanics and the this and the that. You taking. A 15-year-old boy or girl, and you say squat, they're going to squat. They're going to go down, they're going to come up. Not the uh, mechanics of going down and coming up. That's a difference. That is a difference to me. Absolutely. But I guess, like on the question, my thing would be, you're talking about sports that require a high level of skill to acquire. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think of golf. Mm -hmm. Um, I may have played ball my entire life and be a great athlete, but golf... You have to acquire a skill to be yep. really good at, so even if i'm twenty five and I decide, you know what i'm going to try and be a professional golfer. I could have the most money in the world and hire the best coach, but I'll never make the tour mm-hmm. like i don't care if I do it till i'm forty. I'm never going to be as good as the guy that picked it up at seven, yeah, and you know at seventeen Absolutely. at twelve, he could have beat me at thirty five even if I had ten years of high level coaching. Yep. It's kind of like uh, language fluency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as a child, you pick it up if you're exposed to it. Whereas if an adult, you're like trying to ram that square peg into Absolutely. a round hole, and some of it will come through, but some of it might go out the other side Absolutely. too. And you know, little kids are pliable.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like they, they don't break very easily. So, they bounce back real quick. Fixing a bad motor pattern in a 10 year old. Or fifteen year old, well, you build even. a motor
2: pattern yeah. instead of fixing it. Exactly. Motor yeah, you're,
1: yeah. You're yeah. now you're you're building it instead of a twenty five year old who sat at a desk for the last five years behind a computer, and now you've just got to get them to be able to sit down and stand back up. You know, not okay. even put a bar over their head. Yeah. Uh, you know, just teach them how to squat, and then you know you go from there. And it's you've got three years of work before they can even start to load any type of significant weight. Whereas that kid, like like Corey said, you know, you just you didn't have to fix it you built it. Yep. Like you got to teach them how to do it, not fix whatever you know they have already or their perception themselves. of what it should be. Yes, I think a lot yeah. of
2: times is that perception you're like, "Oh, well, I watched you do it. I can take a bar and do that." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have a perception of it, but the actual the actual execution of it is completely different. Absolutely. Whereas a child goes, "How do you do that?" Okay? Yep. All right. <laughs> you show me how to do it and yep. I'll do it. Yep. They don't really have the preconceived notion of what it should feel like or how they should do it
0: yeah yeah what of um so uh, this is along that same vein what are some big uh misnomers because we're talking about like we're talking about a sport especially with olympic lifting that like requires a high level of skill Mm -hmm. what are some differences that you that you like again for the group that you guys find with maybe some mistakes people make with gpp versus competitive training just like for like any like sport or within i know like because we've all we all spend time and have coached in CrossFit gyms. Like, what are some big differences you see between what just like the general population needs to do and what like an athlete should be worried about doing,
3: like programming-wise?
1: Patrick, let's hear from you, Patrick.
3: buddy. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have much knowledge of what a specific athletes should be doing.
0: No, um, but you, but you are you are the only person here that like doesn't coach, mm-hmm. right? You've like, only been a member, yeah. yeah.
2: So like, what's what, a different perspective. Yeah. interesting. what would you view? What do you yeah. think it should look like? Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I started doing CrossFit just as a means of trying to get in shape after having spent most of my adult life not participating really in any fitness uh, activities consistently. Um, and so a lot of, like, what you're saying, watching people pull the bar over their head in some way and then trying to do that and realizing that it's it's a whole different monster than what it just, you know, sort of looks like to be able to do it. Um, and so, like, as as I was doing I did CrossFit for probably about a year and a half or almost two years and was just realizing that um, while I could start doing a couple things like RX, none of my lifts were even close to where I wanted them to be or what I thought I should be able to do. So I um, sort of started taking on some programming to focus on becoming stronger in those lifts and it, it really, it does take a, a whole lot of learning and I'm, I'm still like, every rep is Focusing on six different things instead of just the muscle memory of being able to get under it and, and like just see you if said, you like, can do yeah, it. Yeah. So,
1: and like you said, you know, like you, you wanted your lifts to be more. So, could you have stuck with CrossFit and those got all gotten better? Yes, you could have. But, it's that wasn't your goal like your goal wasn't that gpp your goal was i want to be stronger i still right. want to maybe lose a little bit of weight. maybe you know get my conditioning up a little bit but i'm not worried about my mile time as much as i am my back squat right yeah so that's in the vein of i would even call that competitive because you're competitive against your numbers like you may not be going out to compete in a powerlifting meet but you're competing against who you were six months or a year ago oh, for sure you're not just like hey man fuck it let's just see what we can do today yeah let's go as fast as we can and dry hump this bar and make it look really cool (laughs) yeah okay because it was 75 pounds because i don't know how to do this correctly and i'm not going to take the time to learn like you're taking the time to learn the mechanics of the lifts you want to get better at right in in my opinion the the gpp versus the competitor is like what are you talking about competing are you talking about competing in crossfit like weightlifting powerlifting parkour like That all, then you have to do everything that encompasses. Like, so with weight, with CrossFit, you know, obviously you've got to do it all. Like, you can't just do CrossFit anymore and be competitive, like a legitimate competitor. You've got to break it into Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. Maybe not even so much powerlifting in the sense of like competing to powerlift, but straight strength training, heavy pulls, heavy squats, heavy presses. But you also have to balance that out with your conditioning. Yeah. You know, um, you know. Can you can you do uh, shit twenty five rounds of Cindy and then walk over and pull five hundred pound deadlift? Now, is that ever going to be in the CrossFit Games? Probably not. But you have to be able to do it yeah. to be able to to be a competitive CrossFit or yeah. things things of that nature. But like, you can't be over. Look at Matt Fraser, like overly good at any one thing. Yes, yeah. he he has a a bias to Olympic weightlifting, but he'll tell you that his Olympic weightlifts have gone down since, and that was when he was a junior yeah like dude wasn't even 21 years old yet didn't pay him any
2: benefit to exactly yeah the he just beat the mm-hmm. shit out of his body for for what and if, yeah. if he puts 10 pounds on his snatch uh that 10 pounds yeah. w- is not what he loses in that training yeah. to get to acquire Absolutely. that kills him on the back end yep. for everything else yep. he could actually lose 20 pounds on his snatch and take the time that he gained from that to build everything yep. else to wax everybody's ass like he does. Exactly, yep.
1: and that's that's so, hard
2: though. It is, and especially for somebody that is great at something. Yes. Yeah. And when you're great at something, to say, you know what, I'm going to mm-hmm. allow myself to be not as good at yep. it, to be better at something else.
1: Do I want to win the snatch ladder, or do I want to win the CrossFit Games? Yep. Right. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. And it's and that's the thing. And you look at some of these guys in this comp in the games, for example, some of these dudes come out because they know. I'm this, not gonna win, mm-hmm. but this event is mine. I'll win. I'm gonna get that three thousand dollars and win this event, yeah. and I don't care if it if I'm dead the rest of the day coming in dead last place. Doesn't matter. That event was mine, and that's the one I'm gonna take. Yeah. But I mean, but even in those respects, like those guys would still dust anybody in ninety nine percent of the CrossFit gyms across the world in any event. But to to bring it back, it's kind of like the GPP thing to me is in in the title, yeah. general physical preparedness. Can you run a mile? Can you back squat your body weight? With good technique. Not even have to be for high reps, but can you yeah. put the what you weigh on the bar, stand sit down, stand back up. You know, can you bench press, what is it, seventy five percent? Like something like that. Can bench you bench, office, Like yeah. press like press bench pressing body weight's good, but for that GPP, can you you know, seventy five percent, can you deadlift one and a half times body weight? can you do those things and still go run a mile? Or still do ten strict pull ups? Or and, you know, no, just because you can't do strength straight pull-ups doesn't mean you're not in shape, mm-hmm. you know, or fit. It's just, you know, you want to be able to do a little bit of everything better than most people.
2: Yeah. I think some of that really has to do with what sport you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I've thought about that a little bit too. Um, and as we're going through the conversation, you know, um, I think it has to do with your level of where you're at as far as a quote-unquote competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're sitting here talking, I'm sitting here thinking, and we're talking about GPP, um, running a mile, doing a pull-up or whatever. Dan Bell could give a fuck if he could do a pull up yep. or even run to the end of the street. Yep. He's the strongest man in the world when you consider powerlifting. Yeah. So, he can do, he could do both.
1: But he could give a shit less if he could do both. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, you know,
2: like what his level of GPP how to put it like he is there's nobody else that's going to be able to go and work out with him. Nope. His level of GPP is expressed through the barbell. Yes, sir. Yes. Because of the volume, the amount of work, the tonnage that he's doing. Yep. His That people don't think about. We think about GPP and the other things that we're talking about. Yep. His is very specialized mm-hmm. um, to whereas it would really probably hurt him to go and do... Um, you know, I don't know, something relatively high intensity. Because if he does something with relative intensity and it takes anything out of his tank, mm-hmm. then he has just went backwards. Like yep. he's not going yep. towards his goal. So you have to know what your goal is, what your sport is, and then wh- how much GPP and what, t- what does the GPP look like. Mm-hmm. He could probably go do med ball throws, mm-hmm. walk and do right. that sort of thing. And that would be like, okay, it's not going to drain him, get him moving, uh, no eccentric load, those sort of things. That might help him. But you have to know what your goal is, and don't let your GPP take you away from your goal. But find yeah. a way that it yep. can add to it. I think would be the the biggest thing. And for somebody that's just looking for general fitness, yours is going to be less specialized and more GPP. So if we're yeah. talking about competitor versus more broad general, not, not yeah, absolutely. not specific. Yeah. yeah, if we're talking about athletes versus um, you know just the average gym goer, the average gym goer can go more general. Mm-hmm with the GPP, whereas if there's a, a good high-level athlete, they're going to have to be a little more specialized in a general, right? you, you know, yeah. a G, it's more specialized
1: GPP. So for that, you could almost consider that just conditioning.
2: Yep. Uh, you well, know, they, they call it SPP, like yeah, sports specific. Yeah, sports specific preparation. Yeah,
1: exactly. Something where, you know, and, you know, you hear Louie talk about it all the time where, those dude before they went to conjugate those dudes were just sucking wind tying their shoes mm-hmm. because they were just so deconditioned by the time they got down to meet time that we have to do something about this like because you shouldn't i mean I, i've experienced it personally when i got up to my heaviest and i was only lifting heavy i could squat and that was it like i was done i was physically drained like there was no accessory it wasn't happening right like because i was squatting heavy for for myself mm-hmm. But I, my body was so taxed just from doing that that there was nothing else that was going to happen that day. It may be some some stretching or maybe some light sled pulls. But but now, like since since I've switched over to you know more of what beans programming and what I would consider GPP with a focus on strength. Yeah. You know it's yeah we still do metcons. You know but they're. Eight to ten minutes, and maybe not an extremely high skill. No, not no. It's mostly grunt work: kettlebell swings, med ball throws, something where it's never a snatch, Mm -hmm. it's never a a clean and jerk, it's never something where I have to. I can be mentally taxed and still just hey do this with low risk of injury. Exactly, but it's with that focus on strength, and a lot of times even that. Hell, we don't even do metcon as much as it is just the accessory work. It's like hey, but you're just going to complete this. Like you're going to do five rounds of this, but as soon as you get done with this one right back up to the next yep. one and there's days I look over at, at Patty and I'm just like holy shit like why are we doing 20 fucking box step ups
2: oh, like I'm
1: too fat for this yeah. does, it, does he not understand do I need to do daily weigh ins so he right. understands like I need I'm just I need walking eight. Yeah. Yeah, I need about i yeah, yeah. I'm going to step up on a 45 pound plate because that's more than enough man
3: but um, I think another thing that we noticed as we started doing that accessory stuff when we uh, switched programming a little bit from uh, regular rounds to like now do this in an AMRAP for a couple of weeks. We were pretty much still doing yep. the same amount of, of rounds and, and taking the same amount of time that we that we were before. So. Yeah, absolutely. We were we were hitting. It's not like that. We're being sluggish. Yeah, yeah. We
1: were hitting. It was like instead of doing a ten minute AMRAP, it was like okay, because we were doing like four rounds, five rounds. And we were noticing, hey, but it, it was one of those things like instead of I don't. Know, I guess for me, I would have almost rather just done five rounds yep. instead of doing it for 10 minutes and then being one exercise short and I'm like well hell let's go do the banded hamstring curls because that's so, what we, we ended up we doing but we still got we like, got yeah. the same yeah. stimulus yeah. out yeah. of it it was just that it I think it was the whole purpose of that was to keep the heart rate up yeah mm-hmm. so that it wasn't oh you got to do five rounds and we just walk over in the corner dick off for five minutes in between yep. rounds and come back and we're we're cooled off and we're not as warm like so the stimulus was achieved. Um, the way it was meant to be achieved, we just kind of altered it a little bit yeah. there to to make sure we got what we wanted out of it. Um, more often
0: than not, that's why I assign like a running clock yeah. to accessory work because yeah. I just if I, if you start it, people are more inclined to know in the back of their head the clock's running. Yeah, I got to keep yeah. going. It's, it's not, it's not for a score. It's yeah. not for weight. I don't I don't want you to record
2: it, but they're like, but I'm not going to walk over to the waterfowl. And see yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's something about the clock running that keeps yeah. people on track.
1: As far but as far as like athlete straight just athlete training, like I guess it would all depend on. Like Corey said earlier, what level are you at? Yeah, Are you a high school freshman, or are you a guy who's graduating from Alabama getting ready to go to the combine? Mm-hmm. Like, those two people, yeah, they need sports-specific training, but those sports-specific trainings look vastly different. Yeah. Like, that high school freshman, you're just trying to get that dude under a bar, putting something in his hands, making him carry something heavy, and doing some jumping stuff. That dude getting ready to go to the combine, yeah, he needs to back squat, but – do they really give a shit what you can back squat when you go to the combine? Nope. they know you're strong. You've already made it there. Yes, like you've you've got. When guys don't make yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So. You didn't go to yeah. you didn't go D one because you couldn't back squat two twenty five. Like yeah. you're already strong. Now they need to refine your technique on everything else. So those those two, and I guess then the co- that's where the coaching changes too, changing over from a strength coach to a high school freshman to a sports specific coach from that guy leaving Alabama. Yeah, not that the not that the strength coach is not an important aspect of his life anymore, but. Again, he just needs that person to sit there and go, hey, you're going to do five-by-five five squats today, and then you're going to go do this, this, and this. He doesn't, and then that guy's going to walk away and go do something else. Yep. He's not going to sit there and watch that guy squat. Yep. He just, he's going to go right on the board, and he's just going to walk around, make sure everybody's doing something they're supposed to be doing, and keep going. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I, of course, I think the level you're at and your sport makes that different too.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that ties in uh, sport specific training to GPP is that there is always a relative metric by which you are being judged, whether or not yes. that's the one thing you choose for yourself to get better at, right. or whether it's you need to be able to touch this many inches when you jump, and so I specifically need to work on my explosivity, yep. you know, coming out of the jump. Like, there's always something, whether it's self-imposed or imposed by some mm-hmm. outside stimulus that that you're reaching for. Yep. And I, I always describe it as like
0: you're when you're doing like if like if you're just general fitness, you're not on a timeline. Right. Competitively, you are. Right. Right. Which is why I always, I've always found that's the easiest way to explain to people why competitive training tends to tear you down more than just general fitness and why athletes don't often get out of their career like injury free. Right. They tend to have something. Right. Because you can be like, I have a competition in six months. I need to put 50 pounds on my back squat right you can you can hammer down and you can toe that line and you can really like play around with like we're really pushing the boundaries of what your body is like able to yep. do wrap your knees a little tighter yeah. put a little
1: bit more liniment oil <laughs> yeah and, you get you, know. you get
0: someone that's in a general notch down baby. exactly <laughs> you, know, like, you get you get someone that's in the general fitness setting and they're like man i want i want to add 50 pounds on my back squat you're like cool keep coming to class yep like keep coming. You got you got all the time in the world. Here's here's, here's a couple accessory things. Do it, some heavy kettlebell might, swings. Do some. And instead of six months, it might take them a year and a half. Yeah. But they don't have they don't have to worry about that wear and tear right. in, in a more condensed timeline. And that's always the way I've found that like I explain to people pretty easily that like you just you're not under you're not under right you're not on a schedule right
1: and we, you're not, like, on, you're, a schedule. You're not yeah. on a schedule and we've talked before like if GPP is programmed correctly like actual global. By Crossfits or just the general definition, you're going to get stronger. Yes. Like the most weight I've ever pulled off the ground was when I was doing CrossFit. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I didn't, I think I deadlifted heavy one day, missed the weight, I missed 600, and I'm like, all right, I want to get it, I want to, next time we go heavy. A month and a half later, we pulled heavy again. I don't think I pulled over 315 that entire time. Yeah. But it was all just extra accessory work, bandit kettlebell swings.
2: Well, that's your awareness, too. You were like, all right, I know yeah. what I've got. To, I don't necessarily have to pull heavy to get that pull. Exactly, and that's other ways that, for me to get it. Exactly. And that's
1: like when people were like, oh, I want to add 50 pounds to that back squat. Like in the general public's mind, that's a squat. I have to back squat. I'm like, well, no, you don't. You have to squat, and you have to work those muscles, but you do not have to put a bar on your back to add 50 pounds to your back squat unless you're someone who's – Kind of hit that peak. You've been okay. doing this for 10, 12 years, and, you know, at that point, adding 50 pounds to your back squat is going to be a specialized program. Yes. But for the for the main public, like, people who just want to be strong-er, just want to be healthy-er, mm-hmm. like, they don't – adding 50 pounds to your back squat, what's the point to it? Yeah. You can carry more groceries in in one trip? Mm-hmm. Like, what's – the it gets –
0: and I feel like a lot of people miss that. It. Sometimes it's just about it's just about getting stronger. Absolutely, it's about getting stronger, and then you learn how to apply yep. that added strength to the to a certain movement pattern, Absolutely. Right? like a back squat, right? Yep. Like it doesn't always have to be like I'm gonna do a Bulgarian method. Yeah, I'm going to squat every day heavy. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, and a I've, small I've but, off program. But, but I've, but I've, I've met people that are just in general <laughs> fitness that like, that, like that's what they want to do. They're like, right. I want my squat and my does to be but I'm going to do it every day. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> I'm like, let's do this instead. It's like, it's just some simple stuff. Yep. Now, like as you get higher up and yeah. like, in like you, what you are able to do to drive adaptation and like a response gets smaller and smaller and smaller, like, Obviously that changes, but like people in the general fitness space, yep. it's just like, and you know, that's, man, just keeps And that's personal goals.
1: Yeah. You know, I know people who've been crossfitting for see we opened Thunder two thousand nine. I know people who've been there for eleven years and they could give a shit less to add fifty pounds to their back squat. Yep. They now they love to the back squat and they love going heavy. But they could care less if they if they PR or not. Mm-hmm. Some days they do, some days they don't, and if they go up by five pounds, hell man, five pounds is five pounds. Yeah. Ask a – It gets you along Ask way. Old, uh what's his name? can't think of his name. Short guy. Power lifter. Dave Hoff. Dave Hoff. Ask ask Dave Hoff how hard he worked for five pounds. (laughs) And so that's the thing. is like that people, you know, people belittle it because of the number. But don't, you know, they don't look at the whole picture. Like, yeah, your back squat may only went up by five pounds, but your triglycerides went down and your blood pressure dropped and your resting heart rate went down. And you can play with your grandkids for an hour without getting winded. Like, all that stuff happened. And who gives a shit that – you only went up by five pounds on your back squat.
2: That's just difficult for people that just get into it because they don't see the big. You can't, you know, you can't see the forest because of the trees. But yep. you're just not in it. You don't have the education yep. to know, like, oh, well, yeah, I never even thought about my my blood pressure going down, getting off uh, my medication, or this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, All all anybody ever wants to talk about is how much weight that they lost, or when when they get started in fitness, you know, uh, either how much weight they lost or how much stronger they've gotten, and it's always about a number. But and you and I think
1: that's because it's that what's that cross with the the measurable, repeatable, yeah, Yeah. you know, testable, measurable, repeatable. Yeah, you weighed three hundred pounds, now you weigh two fifty. That's I can look at that and say, look at what I did. You don't look at these exact, yeah, and you don't look at the other little things along the way that you lost. You know, yeah, you lost fifty pounds, but you went down ten pants sizes. You no longer take insulin, and you're on half a blood pressure pill twice a week. And like, you can
2: get down and up off the ground without yep. struggle. Like, yes. and that's putting you, your shoes on is not a taxing event any longer. You don't have to do it on the side. Exactly. <laughs> like, you're not propping yeah. your foot up
1: on the shower to get your you get your shoes on. You can actually bend over and tie your shoes now. Like, but at the same time, I think what happens with those people is they hit that wall of. Okay, I started off at 300 pounds. Now I'm down to 185. Now what? My goals have changed. I've hit my goal weight, quote, unquote. Now what do I want to do? And that's fine. Goals are allowed to change. But it's that I think they see that they lost the weight. So for some of them, man, I lost lost 100 pounds in 12 months. My back squat's going to skyrocket. Hold on there, Hoss. Like you also lifted that entire twelve months and were getting stronger and weren't paying attention to it. Yes. You know, so now that, that next fifty to hundred pounds on your back squat, it's going to take a hell of a lot more time. Yep. And it's, I think that's where people get frustrated is they don't see those big improvements with GPP anyway. They they don't see those big improvements like they did in the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's tough to like you said, see the forest through the trees of hey man, you're you're healthier. You know, you're people you're in better only, shape than for you
2: ever some were. Reason, though, they just don't. That's not sexy. It's yeah, not sexy. Yeah, it it's yeah. not it's
0: it's for some reason it's not cool to be healthy exercise yep. for the reason that people kind of, of initially got into yep. exercising was to be healthier, fitter, stronger, like faster, like yep. those kind of but like people don't
1: And uh, that, that speaks to the I want it now culture. Yes. The the instant gratification culture of, you know, just the society we live in is that they want it now. They want they want what they want and they don't want to have to put Mm-hmm. The two years of working what for. What
2: do you mean it's going to take me two more years yeah. to squat five hundred pounds? Yeah, exactly. Shit, on that. Shit. yeah. yeah go, oh, I mean, they, Dave
1: Hoff nice. went up five pounds in four years. My, me personally, me personally, like my cleaning clean jerk went up twenty pounds in co- the first competition I ever did. I clean and jerk one hundred sixty five kilos. The most I ever did in competition was one hundred seventy five kilos.
2: American units for the, the people here. Uh, yeah, 2.2 <laughs> <laughs> times whatever he said yeah, so three, just,
1: you 365 was my first ever competition clean and jerk like 120 kilos i weighed 265 pounds clean and jerking 165 kilos yeah 260 or 365 pounds the heaviest i ever did in a competition was only 20 pounds more than that and that was four years of hard work and i got fat as shit when i did it like, I think the, my, the heaviest I competed at was, like, 145, so three th- – Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> three – <never> <laughs> <ever yeah. ever. laughs> hey, hey, not important.
3: It's
1: not, important. It's not, important. It's not important. But, like, 320-ish. Like, yeah. 320-ish was my heaviest. So my my body weight went up 60 pounds, and my cleaning jerk went up 20. Yes, and, I, I mean, well, yes, I wasn't was unhappy because I was eating whatever I wanted. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I didn't have to do pull-ups or run. But that was a sacrifice. <laughs> but it was, and, that's, and that was the other thing I, I was going to make the point of with the, the, the competitor is, like when you mentioned Dan Green, what are you willing to sacrifice to achieve your goal?
2: That's, that's the thing I think a lot of people, you know, I'll just use my wife as an example. You know, people go.
1: His wife's a badass. For those of you who don't know Corey or uh, have never met him before.
2: <laughs> She's a CrossFit Games competitor. Look her up. Her name's Emma Chapman. Um, but they'll be like, you know, I, I wish I w- wish I could do what Emma does, and I'm like, well, do you really want to train three hours a day, six days a week? Like I don't. I, I don't. Like <laughs> nope. I even don't. if I had the time, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the time. I go watch your workouts. Like, I have the time. But
1: you're watching the dog, so it's fine. That's, you know, you're, you're taking care, you're taking care of Winston. That's
2: fine. Um, Understandable. But it's that's the thing. It's a sacrifice. She. We don't get to go on many vacations. Our vacations are generally a business trip, or that's what I look at it as when we go to these sanctionals or these events. Like, we get to travel because of those, and and we're both thankful of it, and it's fun, but it's not the same vacation that some people take, where they go and lounge by the pool for six days and eat whatever they want, you know? Um, And that's the thing. I think some people don't see the sacrifice that the person that they look up to is making, and, you know, it's like, hey, Everybody should have different goals. Your goal doesn't need to be what theirs is. And be okay with where you are, what you're willing to sacrifice, and what you're willing to get out of it.
1: So, another uh, cool thing, I I wish I could find the video that I remember watching. Uh, Donnie Shankle said that he never sacrificed anything because it's what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So, he didn't view it as a sacrifice. Like, he gave things up. He lived on some dude's couch for a while in California. And he, you know, he he was lucky enough that when he was a competitive powerlifter out at Cal Strength, um, he was in the military, yeah. so he had the GI bill to help pay some of his bills. Some of those guys didn't have that, yeah. but he, he looked at it, and he said, man, I, I fought for this country. And he goes, I've, I've been a poor person who made $400 a month. He said, but I wouldn't look at any of it as a sacrifice, and I like that mindset. The, yeah. the wording is a little bit – I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah, but if that's the mindset you take into it of, well, I didn't sacrifice you don't anything. not ever that. feel like you're selling Exactly, sure, yeah. you're- because then when you say, man, I sacrificed this, well, that means you gave something up. But you we're got what you wanted, yeah. so did you really give something up? Yeah. Nope you you changed what your goals were, yeah. you know. So it, it, yes, it is a sacrifice. Yes, you are foregoing six day beach vacations, hanging out to go to a sanctional, and then when the sanctional's over, you may stay one or two more days. But guess what? It's right back in the damn gym because you got you got to keep going. Like, right? but so t- I like that verbiage in the mindset of. If it's what you wanted to do, you never sacrificed anything.
2: Well, that was, he yeah. put it on his priority list. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it was a priority. One, yeah. yep. And whatever else falls behind Absolutely. it, so be it. But this yep. is where I stand. Absolutely. And I think if you can be honest with yourself and be honest, transparent with the people around you, that's how you do it. Yep. And it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Absolutely. And I sh- maybe sacrifice was a bad word. No, no,
1: I, I, I like it. And I, and I like that. Like, I have that mindset too of people like, oh, man, look what he sacrificed. Look what he gave up. Yeah. But from, I guess, my my point was, as an athlete,
2: no, you're when right.
1: you're a competitive athlete, should you look at it as a sacrifice? Because now you're you're saying, man, look at all this I gave up to get this. Well, maybe you wouldn't have had that had you not given those things up, had that not been Emma, number one on your priority list.
2: Yeah. Emma and I talk about it, and it doesn't ever feel like a sacrifice yep. to, uh, to her, to me. It's something that, to be honest with you, it means as much to me yep. for her as it probably does yep. for herself. Yeah. Um, so it's like... It is not a it is not a sacrifice yeah. it's a blessing Absolutely. for us to be able to go and do these yeah. sort of things so um maybe But maybe again the
1: outside looking in
2: some people do is people yeah, but, look at yeah. it as, man you guys don't get to do this or you don't get to do that and I'm like well I don't really yeah, but, miss look, it. but look what I do get well, to I, do I, I don't yeah.
1: miss it but look what I do get to do you know mm-hmm. look at the places I get to go and the stuff I get to do because of it so again like I don't I don't think sacrifice is the wrong word as much as it is The mindset,
3: perspective issue.
1: Yeah, you you've got to have that perspective of no, this is my goal. This is what I wanted to do. So I didn't give up shit. Like I did what I wanted to do and got where I wanted to be. You know, it's like when I I, I did Olympic weightlifting, I didn't really give anything up. It got me to where I wanted to be in the sport of weightlifting. And when I realized that I wasn't going to to achieve what I thought I was going to, that's when I was like, hey, this isn't for me anymore. Like what, what I was putting my body through and what I was, you know, and again, I was lifting relatively light weights comparative to other guys in my weight class. Um, but it was that point of like, man, do my, do I really want my knees to hurt every morning? Do I really want my back to hurt every time I bend over? Like, is it really that important for, for me to have to like, you know, and and those two shoulder surgeries Yes, there was an incident that caused them, but I also think that it was like the the one my most recent one. I think it was just time. Mm -hmm. Like I had I had a slap tear in my left shoulder, and I had a a partial like a fifty percent tear of my supraspinatus muscle, and I think that was just time. That was just weightlifting. That was going heavy overhead for years, and then something just happened that set it off one day. Like just made it hurt. You know, so for me, it was that whole. Wasn't imp- it wasn't important anymore? Like it wasn't important for me anymore to do those things because cause now it would be a sacrifice. Now I would be giving up something. It would be the longevity of my shoulders and potentially having to have a replacement when I'm 65.
2: What if, or what if it makes you miss work? Yeah, when it did. I missed <laughs> yeah, I missed two yeah. weeks yeah. of work after surgery. That's I you mean having time thing, to recover. That's one thing that I think yep. people don't think about too, especially when you're talking about being a I would consider an amateur athlete. Absolutely, I mean, you know. Um, what does your life look like? I mean, I, I personally—if it doesn't pay you, you're an amateur. You're exactly, yep. exa- And even <laughs> if it does pay you, um, yep. three hundred bucks. How yep. much did you put into it? Sure you, really didn't, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. make yeah. anything. Toby Keith yeah. said it best. Semi-pro is always semi-paid. You know. <laughs> <That's a drink laughs> said it best. <laughs>
1: That's a I want to go on record that Toby Keith always says it best, yeah. just okay. in yeah, case anybody out so there so was
2: curious. But it was <laughs> Tackett would highly disappoint
1: you, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's that thing of you know that if they If you only make four hundred bucks a month, but you give up working a job that paid you two thousand dollars a month you were you were a part time athlete yeah. like if if you can't afford the lifestyle you
2: want to live you're you're a part time athlete well i just think I, I think there's some a little bit of irresponsibility and depends on your situation like if you have a family mm-hmm. and you're like, but I still want to be the best powerlifter in the world, you blow out your knee. And you missed six months of work. Shit, man, you just really left a lot on the table for, mm-hmm. for your family. And that's, an, in my opinion, that's an unnecessary stress or unnecessary and selfish yep. stress Absolutely. that you imposed on your family.
1: Which is why I think you see a lot of the big athletes who were good and competitive, they're starting to branch off. Like Brian Shaw. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's still a strong man and he's still in the strong man world. And still elite. Yep, he is, but he knows this time's coming. And he's starting to build his empire so that when that time comes, his family can still survive and he doesn't have to go out and get a job selling used cars. Yeah. You know. Um, And I think you see guys like Rich Froning did that. He saw his time in the sun was – and he always said after that fourth year.
2: Well, boys, any athletics you know – there's a, yep. there is, There's a limit. There's, a There's always There's a limit, yep. Ain't nobody does it forever. Nope. So your your days will be done yep. at some point. Some guys are better at knowing when to ride out. Yep. And a lot of those guys, I mean, a lot of those, especially high-level crossroads, yeah, they own CrossFit
1: gyms, but if you're not good at what you do in that space,
2: then that your days provide. are numbered, yeah. you know.
1: it's You can be the best CrossFit athlete in the world, but if you're not good at running a CrossFit gym, that ain't going to mean anything when the time comes to be done with competing in CrossFit. You can't remove yeah, that name anymore. Nope. The exactly. The yep. So next. There's, so there's other some of the
0: differences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just one or two of the differences yeah, in the differences GPP versus competitive, competitive athlete. Competitive athlete.
0: Um, so the next one was going to be what favorite and least favorite accessory movements. Oh,
2: fuck.
0: I was going to, way I wanted to break this down, I want to hear your favorite and least favorite for the big three. Squat bench. So dead. for squat bench, deadlift.
1: You mean bicep, tricep, and uh, hamstring curl? Yeah. It's big three.
2: <laughs> bicep, big bicep, three, bicep,
1: bicep, tricep, hamstrings. Everybody know, popping hamstrings.
2: Least favorite is lunges. Yeah.
1: Bulgarian split, split squats. Split squats. Uh,
2: you're welcome for that one. Yeah, split yep. squats.
1: Fair. Bulgarian split squats, for sure. But lunges would be a very close second. Yeah, lunges are mine. Um, so i would be, what, Squat? For the bench press, man, I don't really have I've always had what you call a poverty bench. What's um, known
0: in the game as what's, a now, bench.
1: what's known in the in the game is the <laughs> poverty bench. Um,
2: urban Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Urban it's economy. uh yeah.
1: I've never had a good bench press. I've never had I I've which in honestly that's one of the reasons I was never good at the jerk. My overhead strength was just not where it needed to be. Um so, I don't know that I necessarily have a least favorite accessory for the bench press because I, I enjoy all of them. Yeah. Um,
0: They'll tend to give you a pump.
1: They do, absolutely. Um, if I But if I had to, man, shoo. Patty, you got one for the bench?
3: I
2: can't think of one specifically.
1: Except for that I like, really don't
3: pauses. like.
2: High rep pauses. High rep yeah. pause bench. It's just yeah. too hard to keep tension over yeah. Over yeah. a long dur- – I, can I see either that. lose tension or get too tired holding tension, and it's hard to complete the reps. Yeah. I the only thing oh, – shoot, I'm trying to think.
0: I, I don't like skull crushers.
1: I don't mind them. I don't like skull crushers. I'd prefer I'd rollbacks. Ra- I'd
0: rather do something
1: else. I'd, re- I'd prefer to do rollbacks, but I, th- I mean, skull crushers don't bother me. Yeah. It's not it's not one that I'm just like, oh, God, skull crushers. Um,
2: My favorite for bench or any pressing that I can't do is dips. Can't do it yeah, right now. Yeah, I can't do dips. Dips, I love. Too I've fun. always, or was always good at them, always thought yeah. that there's a tremendous carryover. Absolutely. Um,
0: uh, but I can't do them, so it's kind of Mine's It's either a dip or a, or a tape press. Like just yeah seat. i do like
1: those tape presses yeah. um but if I, I can
0: do dips i also
1: oddly enough i really like dumbbell floor presses for an accessory mm-hmm. i don't know why i just really like them i like heavy heavy yeah other like heavy dumbbell, dumbbell floor, presses. floor presses i really enjoy those um bench press least favorite what's your favorite
3: patty favorite bench, bench. press? Is it no it's not <laughs> it's, it's really not good dip. at them um, better than me <laughs> Gonna hold here for Oh me. yeah! Oh, lockout. <laughs> really build that lockout power. I like the incline dumbbell presses a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I like those.
2: Pull uh, for pulls. Mine would be um, probably probably block pulls. You can just pull more. There you go. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just, just like pull lift more, more. I like. I like so you have to use the uh, have to use the deadlift more when you're using blocks, so you can cheat extra more and pull heavier. That's my favorite. Use straps? Of course. Of course. Always strap up. I'm trying to think of favorite squat accessory. I completely forgot about that one. Half-heel for me. Also a cheating movement. I like Also it. a cheating <laughs> movement. My favorite yeah. squat is just a squat. Or like paw squats. Because yeah. when you get good at paw squats, your squat goes yeah. through the roof. Mm-hmm. Or mine does.
0: My first squat would probably be uh, squatting with a safety squat bar on it, like, squatting with it, like, pulling it down into yourself, getting nice and set, and then squatting. Like, learning to, like, use your erectors the way they're supposed to be used. Instead of push the handles up? Yeah, <laughs> instead of, like...
2: Which, people don't, I'm going to put the handles halfway on my shoulder, and then I'm going to push them up. That's right. And buddy. I'm actually just holding on to <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. flip <laughs> off my back. <laughs> if, you're, if
0: you're listening, when you push a safety squat bar's handles up, you're making it a lot harder on yourself. You should pull it
1: down. So my favorite accessory for a deadlift would be the eccentric safety squat bar good morning um I like it's it. kind of a, it's kind of an eccentric Concentration. so you start with it in the bottom position yeah and then bring it up so and it's then extended. it's a slow lower. So but then you have that like moment of relaxation where you're um, like you're not like you're not engaged so you have to re-engage every single time it's so like a dead stop good morning like a suspended, but it's like a suspended. Good morning, oh, okay, yeah. It's suspended. Okay. So it's, like it's starting in the bottom. You know, you have to engage, stand up, and then you. It's yeah. a slow lower down. But when you hit that strap or chain or whatever, yeah. you kind of relax it, then re-engage again. Because for me, that's a, It's hard. It's, it's hard because. Most of the time, the first rep is always the hardest because you're trying to brace and you're trying to push against it. Yep. But like when I had my shoulder surgery, that was the only thing I could do for hamstrings because yeah. I couldn't hold onto a reverse hyper, and you can only do so many banded hamstring curls. So I had to do and, like one arm deadlifts were real dumb, until so I figured out how to do them the right way. Yeah. But uh, like that—that that was the only way I could load up my glutes and hamstrings after that surgery yeah. because I did, i couldn't put—I couldn't hold anything in that arm. Yeah. Um. So like the dead—the dead stop good morning would be my favorite anything over like 12 reps on a reverse hyper can fuck off i think it's a great but i, I know and, and all jokes aside heavy 12 reverse hypers do not bother me whatsoever Yeah, like when it's the 20 and 25 my back yeah. kills me for the next couple of days yeah. and i even try to focus on like Good technique and making sure I'm not like just relaxing everything, but it it just, it lights me up for the next like two or three days Blaine's when I do high rep. When he went and saw yeah.
2: Louis, he was like, you know, Louie wanted me to do yeah. this, this, and this. Then we played around with it for a little bit and we found the sweet spot. Yeah. for him, yeah, yeah. twelve I, to
1: fifteen is always that. Like I can, I can get through it and I can do it and it, I can have good technique and good glute activation. But man, anything past that and I feel like I'm just a damn pendulum. I'm just letting my legs swing back and forth and I'm I'm not. Getting the stimulus out of it, I feel like I need. Yeah. Um,
0: That's and I think that's a really big thing people miss about exercise selection in general is like you don't have to do something just because you see the strongest guy in the world on Instagram. Right. Like play around and figure out what works for you. Like if you do something, if push ups make your bench press go up more
2: than dips do, yeah, then. Stick with push-ups. also right? love
1: banded kettlebell swings. I love banded God, push-ups. I love banded kettlebell swings. I mean, that
2: shit, that's no different. I mean, Louie writes the books, and we all read the books, but you know nobody – he doesn't do it the way that it's written nope. because yep. you go in and your athletes are your Every athletes. athlete's a different man. I'm giving you a template, but you got to figure out yep, what works. works for Jeb might not work for Chris. Might yep. work for me, might not work for Patrick, you know, yep. so – um you got to be able to play around with those things and, and don't be afraid to... My favorite with.
0: my favorite deadlift accessory is the same. It's any kind of good morning variation because yeah. I suck off the floor. Yeah, break If I can break weight off the floor, I'm going to make the lift. Yep. I, I miss at the bottom every time. Yep.
3: High trap bar pull.
0: High trap <laughs> bar pull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the most Strap weight up. I've ever
3: picked up was in a high trap bar pull. I love it. Trapped favorite knee. squat accessory would be box squats. Oh.
1: Banded box squats. So like that... That progressive tension having to fight yeah. against it and having to fight against it pulling you like when you're on the box just yeah. having to like come back up um yeah that'd be my favorite squat accessory nice. banded nice. banded box squats is that everybody except for the bench man i can't find one i don't like oh that stupid ass tricep 30 seconds on oh yeah 15 seconds off I like love, at the end Ryan of it Ryan. i'm just like. Barely, oh, yeah. like barely moving the band, and I'm like, "That's rep like 394." I loved. Like, I don't know that. why we're still doing this because the next morning I wake up and I gotta reach my toothbrush and my arm won't go past 90. Yeah. Uh-huh. It makes driving unsafe.
2: <laughs> like, I
1: leave the gym, and I'm just, like, white-knuckling right it because both right my triceps are, are spasmed up, and I'm not strong enough to pull them back the other way.
2: That's when you just put your hands on your knees. And yeah. Your in the my, my, legs, <laughs>
1: my legs are driving. I got my hands straight out. My knees are steering the wheel. I'm like, please, the Lord, no 90-degree turns.
0: Um, the uh, last question we had was, what advice would you give to your younger self about training?
2: Whew, I've thought about this so much. In the past few weeks yeah, like man.
1: younger self is in for me 10 years ago i was you know 25 so i would the thing are you thinking like so young, yum so, yum. so I, w-
0: I would have two okay number one i would go back and tell my younger self to stop using food as a crutch okay and because you're gonna almost die because you gained 400 pounds right so that'd be what i would tell myself as like a kid okay right but as like someone that started my training, like when I started training, like, and I spent like, I spent like four or five years working out alone at a Y before I ever found CrossFit. I would, I would just go try to teach that kid something because he, he, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything. yeah I was just going in and like, I was a super overweight kid and I was shy and nervous. and I'd always wear a hoodie and just like, I found a rep scheme on like bodybuilding.com that was like 10, 8, 6, 4, two And I did that for everything, every single day. Oof. And, and weirdly enough in my head, the idea of I did, I never read it anywhere, but the idea of well, I did fifty. I did like fifties for ten last time. Should I try fifty fives this time? Like that idea okay. of going heavier yeah, yeah, made yeah. sense to me kind of inherently. Yeah. So I would go pat him on the back for that. But I, I just I just go teach him something. All I right. just go be like, hey man, change it up. Let's. I'm going to teach you how to do this stuff. And probably what that would come down to is because I'm a coach, I would tell him to find a coach. I got you. That's what I would do. I would go tell myself to find a coach to teach me how to lift. Because I wasted a lot of time with the Y, not making any progress. I got you. Because I always tell people I lost all that weight, I didn't gain anything from it. I got you. Right, like yeah, I, lost, yeah. I lost over two hundred pounds. I couldn't pick up my body weight when I got the thunder. Okay. Right, I couldn't deadlift one hundred eighty-five pounds, and I weighed one hundred and ninety. Like, yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was so <laughs> angry. I was so angry. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I. That's what I would do. Okay.
2: I would go. with, I would love to go see fifteen-year-old me. That's the at that age is when I think I could have made the biggest impact. And my two things would be, you don't have to be a fucking prick to motivate people. Like, yeah. I always thought that everybody... I was very gung-ho. I trained myself. I trained myself. like it. I look back, a lot of this stuff was very smart, even though I didn't have a knowledge base. Mm-hmm. But I would get so frustrated with the people that were on my teams that wouldn't train with me, and I would, I would motherfuck them. You yeah. know, like, I was not a... I was not a good leader and I didn't know how to lead other than with an iron fist. Um, and number two would be, I didn't have an ego to keep me from learning, but I was too backwards to go ask somebody for help that I knew that knew something. I got you. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I it wasn't an ego that kept me from it. It was, it was my, uh, I was just too backwards to go, man, Hey, could you help me with this? Yeah. You know, yeah. I would always, I was always used to people coming up to me and saying, Hey, let me try to help you with this. I, yeah. I wasn't ever good with asking for help.
3: Let's see here. Uh, I guess I would take back a, a kettlebell, a pair of dumbbells, and uh, a stack of bands and be like, college is over. You don't get the the privilege of playing in intramural sports a couple times a week and always doing something fun and fit. But you don't have to go out and run five miles, but oh. do something with these four times a week yeah you were so mean to yourself oh i
0: I tell myself not to run too it just it just it made my knee injury so much worse i made myself run five to six miles
1: every
3: day i just feel like my perception of fitness for the most part was being able to get out and run yeah and that's that's, that's accessibility anybody can run like you can
1: walk out your front door run to the end of the street run back and you can time yourself and then you can do it again the next day, and the next day, and then time yourself again in a month. and be like, "Hey, I got faster." Yeah, it's that testable, measurable, repeatable. Like it's the and it's it's something everybody knows, everybody can do, and it's you uh, don't have to have anything for it. You literally walk outside.
2: Education, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody goes as er, the ninety or the hundred percent. Well, if you can run, you're probably pretty fit. It'll yeah, be healthy. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. What's your mile time? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully not fast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what about you, Jeb?
1: Oh yeah. man. So what I would tell myself, um, I'm with Corey. I'd go back to 15-year-old me, um, you know, just starting into high school football. Um, I was was fortunate enough to have coaches who had a fairly well-stocked weight room for the small town we grew up in, but – it's kind of one of those, they taught us what they learned when they were in high school because that's all they've really known. Um, mm-hmm. You know, small schools like that, they've got a very limited budget on what they can spend money on, yeah. so you kind of have to figure out, do you want to spend it on going to a seminar and learning from some of these great football coaches, or do you want to go learn from a strength and conditioning coach? Yeah. And You know, back then, we, we squatted, we power cleaned, and sorry, squatted, hang power cleaned, and bench pressed. Uh, you had to do those lifts once a week. And there was some accessory stuff, but not a whole lot. Um, I'd go back and... Uh, we're taking things with us? We can take...
2: Sure, yeah, I did. Time Okay, I took did. I did. you took stuff with you. We had the time travel.
1: Yeah, all right, we had the two. I, 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 would, I would take some semblance of a program back that's going to benefit an athlete. Not just... Squat bench deadlift, not, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be, you know, some, we, we did some box jumps. We did stuff like that, but it was never, Hey, you're going to box jump today.
2: Progression. It was just, it was, Hey, hope f- it's all season time. Yeah. To do yeah we yeah. just,
1: we yeah. did some, it was like, Oh, there's some boxers over there. Let's see what we can do. Um, and, and one of the things we used to do, uh, a lot of that I was actually oddly good at, it was 24 inch box jumps, as many reps as you can do in a minute. Now, we wouldn't go full extension. It was basically, you were just hopping back and forth. You were just basically up, down, down up, down, up, down. And I think one time I got like 42 reps in a minute.
2: God and bless your Achilles. <laughs> oh my
1: God. How God I've never snapped an Achilles tendon. Um, but anyway, I would take back some semblance of a program that was like, this is a progression of strength and conditioning. And, you know, this 2003, my senior year, so 99 would have been my freshman year. The internet was not a widely public thing. Shit, still. You Still, only
2: getting anything that you got out of the pharmacy magazine. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: you there was so the internet was relatively new. So training was not. It wasn't a thing. Like there was no there was no YouTube or yeah. Google to go to and and pull these programs from. So it was basic. You know, we had that basic stuff. Um, so I'd go back and and, and teach him. You know, a progression and how to, and how to cycle on and cycle off of like squatting and pulling, and you know this is your deloading and stuff like that, and not just hey man, we had we added five pounds this cycle, like your squat went up, so we're gonna we're gonna go back to the beginning and we're gonna do the same thing over again, but with your new max, um, because I think you know I was relatively strong yeah. for my size, but I could have been significantly stronger. I feel like. Uh, and then the other time, I'd go back to 10 years ago to about my 25 when I first started kind of getting into CrossFit. Um, and it, I, I always thought I was decent at programming for CrossFit. I may not have been amazing, but I usually – we had a pretty good strength bias, and our workouts were usually 8 to 15 minutes. You know, we lived in that kind of time range. But I would have done a little bit more of – the accessory work would have been a little bit more targeted and not just so much. Here's what we're going to do today, yeah. you know. And I would rotate it, like you know, we may do heavy kettlebell or you know, banded kettlebell swings one day, and then gymnastics the next day, you know. But there, there'd have been some form and semblance to it, and not just okay, we did heavy kettlebell swings Monday, we did around the world's on Tuesday. What are we going to do today? You know, let's do 50 wall balls for, for time, or you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd go back to 25 year old me and just. I would approach it differently from a strength and conditioning aspect and not just a CrossFit aspect. Like I'd kind of mesh those two and, and that, you know, the heavy carries and Mm -hmm. the, you know, the weighted walks that we do a lot more now and the sled pulls and stuff like that just to, to understand that, you know, Hey, in 10 years, your knees and shoulders and back and ankles and elbows aren't going to be what they are it doesn't now.
2: Doesn't mean you weren't training hard. You're just training smarter. Absolutely, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And
1: I think that's the thing is, you know, you, you you leave the gym now, and it's some of these people, you know, you're not beat down and and dying, then you didn't get a good workout in.
0: Yeah, I would say if you're not bleeding from your eyeballs when you leave absolutely, the gym. Like, you know, I exercise, I'm like, yep, yeah, you did. Yeah, you got yeah. a better workout than the last time you crawled out.
1: Absolutely, of you know. But that's that's that thing. Yeah, I, I'd teach myself that it would be. Train smarter, not harder. Like, yeah. doing thirty muscle ups at two hundred and sixty pounds probably wasn't the best thing for my shoulders. Yeah.
2: So. Just because you can doesn't mean. You exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. Since I moved to Kentucky, I think I've, I've done five muscle ups because I just want to see if I can see yeah, the, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Because every time I do muscle ups and handstand push ups regularly, I always end up hurting one of my rotator cuffs. Yeah. It always bothers it. So. anybody got anything else? No. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. That's another episode of, uh, you know the name of the podcast by now. Um, If you are looking for programming, we launched it recently on Train Heroic. You can look through, uh, you can search for (laughs) S3 Athletics. We've got a couple different programs on there. Um, And uh, other than that, if you have any questions or you want to listen to us talk about something on a future episode and you have a topic in mind, uh, comment it, send it to us, send a carrier pigeon. I don't care. As always, let your dogs listen to this. Don't let them miss out. All right. Bye.